live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Quarterbacks in this league, they don't really, they're not really scared of uh, PBUs. You know, they, they're not really worried about that. Like, you know, and, but once you get your hands on the ball, as far as like interceptions, you know, that's when the quarterbacks kind of be, you know, concerned, and they're probably not going to come at you as more often. So I try to, you know, do whatever I can to get my hands on the ball. First Purdy with the snap, play action, rolling out to his left, settles in, on his feet, throws for Kittle, jump ball at the 20, intercepted Amik Robertson! He went up and ripped it away from Kittle! This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. We're here live at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall. We're at a different Buffalo Wild Wings each and every Friday. We encourage you to come on by and pick up some some prizes, not all the prizes that we have here at the table. I got to specify now, but uh, come on by and get hooked up. Cook, kick your weekend off the right way. Of course, uh, the Raiders will be playing at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow, kickoff at 1.30. Join us now on the phone lines to talk about that game at Allegiant Stadium is our good friend Cassie Soto, VegasNation.com, on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto. And Cassie, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you, and I'm just glad that you have a voice after celebrating your 28th birthday that uh, you have a voice now. So how are you doing? I felt like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Like, I had lost my voice, and I had all these beautiful songs and things to sing. Like, I'm back. Hello, it's me. You are. You are back. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I thought was hilarious was us being in the locker room on Sunday and you attempting attempting to do your job. And I got to give you credit. You attempted to ask everyone questions, and almost every player was like, wait, what would you say? Wait, hold on. Say it again. And you're like, say it again. I'm like, yeah. No, I can't even say it the first time. (laughs) That was was rough. That was, I think, once it, like, uh, once we got Max Crosby, like the locker room had settled down a little bit. So I was like, hey, I'm really sorry for my voice. And he just laughed. I'm like, let me just proceed to ask this question. Like, everything's fine. Right, oh, exactly. But it was well, fun. Look, it was you, fun. Only, you only turned 28 once, so you got to have a good time, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's exactly <laughs> there is that. Cassie Soto joins us now on the phone lines uh, from VegasNation.com. So, Cassie, final game of the season at Allegiant Stadium is coming up tomorrow. It's, it's, it seemed like the season just started, and now it's about to get wrapped up. So, First off top, man, what are your expectations for Jarrett Stidham? What do you want to see from him? What do you think you'll see from him on Saturday? I mean, let's get some more blood in the teeth uh, on the sidelines there. Let's get some more of that. I mean, I think Jarrett proved that, you know, he could have success uh, either with his team or in this league. And obviously, you know, he's got incredible weapons working for him. Um, Darren Waller coming up with that huge, you know, catch. Finally, those hamstrings look good on that big uh, Mm – that big pickup, obviously, Devontae Adams, you know, commending him and just telling, you know, how great of a job he did, but that it didn't really surprise him. So, yeah, I think Jarrett Stidham has another opportunity to come out and, you know, maybe spoil uh, a couple things here for the Chiefs, who I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around the if this, then that, and that, right. then this, and blah, blah, blah scenario. Um, but all I know is that, yeah, Jarrett Stidham has the opportunity um, to, to make a name for himself, to show that the maybe the 365 yards you know, versus the 49ers wasn't a fluke and that he can have that kind of production if he's allowed the opportunity. Let me ask you this. If they don't, if they don't bring in a veteran quarterback in the offseason, of course we already heard the names of the veterans that most likely if, if there's going to be someone, it will be one of those guys. If they don't bring in one of those veterans, do you think Jared Stidham should have that opportunity to compete for the starting job next season? I mean, what has he done up until this point that says otherwise? You know, like, he's been there. He's been, obviously, uh, a positive 
influence in the locker room. You see the ways the guys reacted to him, the hugs. And, you know, right away, I was obviously um, at the beginning of the 49ers game, I was kind of watching his body movements and kind of how he was reacting. And he didn't seem like an overly reactive leader, you know, like patting everybody on the back and making sure. But, I mean, it was his first career start. So, you know, maybe he wants to tread lightly as I'm new here. Like, I don't want to start yelling at guys and, you know, telling them X, Y, and Z. Um, but I have a feeling like, yeah, they, they responded well to him and, and that they could he, – he, he definitely has a role to carve out. And like I said, watching his body language has been interesting these last few days um, and just seeing that confidence that he has and, and the confidence that the guys have all been telling us that he has. Uh, now we're seeing it, you know, all come together. I think for the most part, at the very least, they should definitely bring him back, make sure he's a priority to bring back just in case, and not, not only just in case, but worst-case scenario, have a really quality backup that obviously knows what he's doing. Absolutely. I mean, you're one snap. Now we're one snap away from a Chase Garbers. You know, like you don't right. know what could happen. You have no idea what could happen in this league. You know, unfortunately, we, as we've seen this last week, and, you know, knock on wood that we never see anything like that again. And, you know, um, but, yeah, that's obviously the extreme. But we saw it was 2016, right, Derek Carr and the ankle yep. and, 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 and the leg. And, you know, anything could happen. So, yeah, you, you bring in this guy, Jared Stenham. He's obviously uh, everybody in the locker room. And I think that that obviously plays a huge role. And you and I are privy to hearing conversations and, you know, the, the relationships that they build in the locker room. We get to see that on a weekly basis. Maybe fans, you know, they obviously don't get to see that side. And, yeah, like everyone walking past Jared Stidham's locker is, you know, they're laughing and they're having fun. And especially in a time now where, you know, all these guys could be down on themselves like, hey, it's over. Like, it's a wrap. Like, I'm done. But they're still there having fun yesterday and, you know, uh, hyping each other up. So, yeah, absolutely. I think you keep him on the roster. And it's somebody that, that, that they've established and the guys know and they're comfortable with for sure. Cassie Soto is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Before I ask you any questions about this Raider Uh-oh. team, let me ask you a potential question about the Raiders in the future. Now, you have, you're have you with a family that uh, loves the Raiders. Dad's a big Raider fan. Do you think he would care if Tom Brady is the quarterback next season if it gets the Raiders more wins? That's, that's the part, right? I was like, let me let him finish this sentence. If it gets more wins, he doesn't care if you're throwing the ball, DeMond. Like, <laughs> Thank he you. Does not, that, man, that man has suffered and suffered and suffered. And, like, I'm sure a lot of Raiders fans out there, obviously there's, the, you know, I think just the East Coast, West Coast hate maybe, you know, going on. Tom Brady, uh, you know, kind of not obviously not putting him in the realm of Derek Carr, but people love him or they hate him, right? Like there's Tom Brady is one or the other usually. And so, yeah, obviously when we got this new uh, New England West kind of, you know, uh, mentality going, you bring in Josh McDaniels, you bring in Dave Ziegler, you bring in a bunch of Patriots players. Some Raiders fans weren't okay with that. But if they're winning games and they're taking you to the playoffs and consistently on a consistent basis, then – what are you going to be mad about? That you don't like Tom Brady? Okay, whatever. But he's winning right. a game. Exactly. Look, I, I don't care if Biggie Smalls came in and, and threw up the W and said, "We're sorry, right? I mean, now that would be now that would be something. <laughs> that, I'm here for that. I'm in. Go ahead, Devon. All right, now kicking it back to the team this week. Obviously, it's Chiefs week. You were in the locker room yesterday, so you said everybody's like upbeat. You know, they're rallying around Jared Stidham. But what was their preparation like, and what was the mood around playing the Chiefs for the last game of the season? 
Yeah, we were able to talk with um, Darren Waller, and, you know, I, I asked him the question, like, hey, like, obviously this is the last one for you guys. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but, like, how nice would it be, you know, to upset the Chiefs and, you know, to beat a rival? And I kind of wanted to be like, yeah, it'd be great to beat them down and, yeah, take that, Chiefs. He didn't give me that answer, of course. That's what I was looking for. But he did say, you know, they want to end things on a positive note. Um, obviously, you know, you, you want to end things right. You don't want to end things getting beat, you know, beat down. Because um, then that lingers with you the entire mm. season. They're, they are going to have, what is it, the, what's the saying? One, two, three, Cancun. You know, yeah. that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know, the Chiefs, have, the Chiefs are still going to be going. But the Raiders are one, two, three, Cancun. In, and if they can Cancun off of a win, then, right. then why not? You know, so, yeah, yep. they were all the, – the preparation, you could tell, you know, once we got them, you know, off the record and, you know, they were all kind of, you know, a little more somber and you're like, yeah, man, like, it was fun kind of thing, you know, like the – what's the, the vitamin C graduation song? Like, as we go on, we remember – you know that song? So no, no I know that, that song. I do not. I know that song, yes. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I, I told you I got my voice back. I'm going to start singing. Well, um, yeah, but clearly. Yeah, so you could tell, you could tell, you know, that everybody's a little bit sad, but they definitely want to end it on a positive note. Right, and you're at home as well. You're at home. It's exactly. Allegiant Stadium. We saw that the 49ers and their fans really took over Allegiant last week. You don't want to have a repeat performance. What is your expectations tomorrow? What do you think is the stadium as far as the, you know, the, the fans and everything? What's that going to look like tomorrow? Man, I knew there was going to be 49ers fans. Like, you knew it. Yeah. But, man, that was – I, I got to say, it was impressive on their part. They yeah. traveled. San Francisco traveled. And, I, I mean, from my vantage point, Q, I mean, you can correct me, but I thought it was, like, 75, maybe yeah. 75%. Like, they yeah, took over. Yep. And, again, and again, uh, the players have said it before, right? The red and other colors pop because the stadium is black. So, once again, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of red jerseys, and it is going uh, to pop. I, I wanted to say Sunday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. We're working tomorrow. We got a yes. game tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, yes. It's coming. It's coming right around the corner, Cassie. We'll be at the press box before you know it. Uh, how about Josh yes. Jacobs? He's already leading the league in rushing. Me, selfishly, mm-hmm. I want him to to play and get some more yards and make sure he gets that rushing title. And again, that's just me being selfish. But what is your thoughts? You think he plays tomorrow? And if he does, how much do you think he plays? No, I definitely do too. What is he? He's up by like one sixty, right? Yeah, about one sixty. Yeah. yeah. And Chubb, they're playing the. Steelers? The Steelers. They're, they're playing yeah. the Steelers, and then Derrick Henry and the Titans are playing Jacksonville. He's got to play. I think he's got to play. We've seen him, you know, banged up before. Again, it's, it's the last game. Right. You know, even if he just gets up there for a couple series, like Josh Jacobs is the kind of like, if he's good to go, he's going to go. We've seen that, you know, time and time again, especially this season. And he said it, you know, he's trying to enjoy this time in the locker room with these guys. Uh, it's going to look very different next year. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are hoping that he sticks around um, and things are, you know, trending that way. But, yeah, like, this is it, you know, so why not go out there? Obviously, they don't want to risk injury. The Chiefs are obviously still playing for something, so they're going to come out full force. So it is a toss-up if you want to come out. But I just think the, the mentality and the way that Josh Jacobs carries himself on and off the field, he, he knows, and he's dedicated to, to Raiders fans. He knows that people pay money to come see him to come watch him, you know, go out there and do his thing. If he is available, too, I have a feeling he'll be out there. 
Uh, yeah, I'm hoping he will. I, I, but I agree with you, and he's told us that in the locker room that, hey, if he's got an opportunity to play, he's going to play. He couldn't look his brothers in his eyes, uh, in their eyes, if he didn't go out there and play. Mm-hmm. But if, if Devontae gets 57 yards uh, receiving, he'll go over 1,500 yards, and that'll be a 1,500-yard-plus rusher and a 1,500-yard-plus receiver in the same year. And I know that the wins aren't there, but, man, that's pretty impressive for those two guys, in my opinion. Extremely, extremely impressive. And it is, it, it does, you know, same thing with Max Crosby. Like all these guys, the pro bowlers, right? All these yep. pro bowl caliber guys, you wish they, they could, you know, get their flowers and enjoy them too. But at the same time, like the overall goal isn't there. What they came to accomplish as a team isn't there. And, you know, we ask the players all the time, like how are these individual accolades? And they're like, yeah, it's great. Even Devontae Adams, when he broke Tim Brown's, you know, especially on the catch that he broke that record right. on versus yeah. the 49ers. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, what up? You know, like, no, <laughs> yeah. he appreciate he appreciated it. It's obviously, you know, it'll settle in eventually. But they lost. So that the kind of players that these guys are, they want to win as a whole. And then if those individual accolades come, then that's just the cherry on the top. Yeah, speaking about the individual accolades, the cherry on the top. I wanted to ask you. I mean, this season covering the team, the ups and downs. What's been your favorite moment of the season? <laughs> um, honestly. And you know, Q, like you. I already know. I already know what it's going to be. I already know what it's going to be. Wait, hold on. Am I just saying T Pain? Do you think my answer is T Pain? I absolutely do. Okay, that's good. That's that's like the fun answer. (laughs) But I think for me, for as like a journalist and as as a a working member of the media, this was my first ever like locker room access. Oh yeah, there you go. I've been I've been at the Review Journal just over four years. Um, the first year the team was not here, then the two years that they came, you know, there was all the locker rooms were closed. So this was my first time actually interacting with these players on a one-on-one basis and getting to know their names and, you know, getting to under, to, to um, being able to speak with them as like humans, right? Again, you know, and I hate to reference this last week, but a lot of people picture these guys as, you know, top of the world and these like God complexes and, you know, they're stronger than strong. But at the end of the day, like Devontae's just Devontae, Max is just Max, Josh is just Josh. And to be able to, to make that connection with them, for me, has been really cool. Yeah, no, that's that's honest. I mean, that's a great answer too because that's what it's about. It's about building those re, re, you know relationships in the locker room and you know seeing that uh, a, a young fan gave Max Crosby a, a big sign. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? And and yeah. just being able to get those you know those personal moments where even off the record they might say something to you or have a conversation. Like me and Trayvon Merrick were talking about the national championship game last week, and I mean you know right. it's just like all kind of stuff like that doesn't happen when they have closed locker rooms. So that's a great answer. And I remember when they opened up the locker rooms, how excited I was this year because I knew that the coverage, I got to do locker room action uh, plenty of times back in the day and, and in college and in, uh, you know, for like the Cowboys and stuff. And so I know how special it is, but this has been the first time with the Raiders. And so it's just been, it's, it just makes the coverage that much better, right? It just provides, It does, and you just you know, get, we're able to bring different angles. Yesterday I'm able to tell you what's on the playlist and, you know, like, yeah. you know, so that kind of stuff. And, yeah, being able to get immediate reaction after that Colts game. You know, we would have never been able to get that had the locker room still been shut out. We wouldn't have been able, been he- able to hear the side conversations that we heard after that loss. Right. And so it is It is a privilege. It's a privilege, and uh, I had so much fun this season being able, again, my first year really feeling like I actually got to cover this team start to finish. Um, it was definitely really something special. And you know how many lights they have on the roof of the locker room. And I know. <laughs> 
I know what the ceiling fixtures look like. I know what the speakers are all placed. Oh, yeah. I know the, all the light fixtures in the locker room. Oh, man. I had to, I had to drop that, that <laughs> nugget there. F- final question for you, Cassie. We appreciate you as always. Uh, we got into a very deep conversation yesterday about Mary J and Keisha Cole and all the, all the, the love jam tracks and all the R&B that was played in the locker room. What was your go-to? I know that you're the, uh, the fiancé now. You're, I know you're about to get married, but what's the, what was the go-to? What was the go-to artist for you whenever you were, were down to the dumps or it was that bad time? It was Neo. Okay. Neo's my guy. Neo, nice. Neo and Mario, I feel like those two like really got me through some heartache. <laughs> Everyone has somebody. Everyone oh, yeah. has somebody. Which one is, uh, the, what was Neo's, the first song where he said uh, he ain't changed the answering machine Gotta yet? change my answering machine. Yeah, yeah. Answering machine now yeah. that I'm alone, because right now it says that we... Yeah, come to the phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one right there. Yes. So so sick of love songs. There it is. So sick. That was it. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, buddy. I love it. I love it. At some point we're gonna have one of those, uh, we're gonna put together a collaboration with the best (laughs) slow jam hits for the for those those down in the dump type moments. But uh today is not a down in the dump moment. But Cassie, what do you got coming out on VegasNation.com that we ought to be along the lookout for? It is actually loading up now. Our final Vegas Nation game day episode will be airing around 3.30 on our Vegas Nation, uh, our Review Journal YouTube page and that nice. VegasNation.com. Uh, we give you a 15-minute show of, you know, the preview of this game. We go in-depth into Devontae Adams and what he his comments this week about, you know, wanting to stick around and remain a Raider if, if he has an um, opportunity. And, yeah, we just really get into to what this last game means for the Raiders and, and them playing for some pride on uh, tomorrow, on Saturday. All right, Cassie, we're going to play you off with graduation. This is the song. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Yes. Have you heard – you know what's funny? Let me ask you as, as DeMond serenades you, but did you okay. – uh, have you heard that Neo So Sick with Tupac in it? No. Oh, I got to get you a copy of it. It is fantastic. Fantastic. No, no. It's it's not it's not in link form. I just got to send you the MP3. Link, man. It's it's you know how old that's. We're doing LimeWire. Are we doing live like LimeWire transfer? No, no, no. When I was when I was at uh, Q97 in Fresno and Cali, we um we had a DJ that put together the the he put Tupac in the Neo So Sick song. He just made the collaboration on it. It was it was awesome. But I I took out So Sick as the music director. I took So Sick the original one out and just played the the Neo and Tupac. So it was better, and it's you know it was West Coast, so we could do that. But um, I, yeah, I don't know if I have my eight track. If you could pass that along to me, but whatever form you have it in, <laughs> I'm gonna send you an MP3. You damn twenty eight year old. <laughs> I'm gonna send. You. I'm gonna send you an MP3 so you can hear it. Jeez. Okay, on my Walkman, I got you. Unbelievable, Los. Where's Los? Get car- get, get get Cassie out of here, Cassie. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow in the press box. Bye. <laughs> See you. There she goes. Cassie Soto, all 28 years old of her. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal, VegasNation.com, on Twitter, at underscore Cassie Soto. And with us here on Red Nation Radio 920. That's cold, Devon. That's cold. She said my walk, man. I told her I was going to send her an MP3. I mean, when you first said Tupac, I, w- I had to do the finger the finger math of like, I don't think they ever did a song together, Q. They didn't. It was a hell of a collaboration. <laughs> I will get it for you so you can hear it, though. I'll get it for you as well, and I'll send the MP3. If you even know what the hell that is, but I'll send it to you so you can hear it as well. 3.20 is the time. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall. This is Randish Radio 920.
It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall. We're going to be here till 5 o'clock. Come on by, say what's up. Get your drink specials, food specials, kick your weekend off the right way as we prepare for the season finale for the Raiders as they take on Kansas City at Allegiant Stadium. Kickoff is at 1.30. You can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up at 3.30, my guy Nick Shook from NFL Network. He'll join us to talk all things NFL and talk about the crazy scenarios that uh, go into play as, as far as seeding and everything that's going on. And There's a lot of different pl- playoff scenarios that I'm really confused about. So Nick will kind of help sort us through the weeds of that and also just talk all things NFL. We'll talk some storylines, talk about those Tennessee Titans, what he thinks they're going to do against the Jacksonville Jaguars, all that good stuff. We'll do that coming up at 3.30. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, Q. Good to talk to you again. Happy New Year, man. As, along with carrot cake, living in San Luis Obispo, working grocery, being a Raider fan, you and I got a lot of things in common. And yeah, we did. One of them was being a defensive back. Now, I will say one of the reasons I was a defensive back is because we ran the wishbone, and my best friend, who was quarterback, was like 20 pounds on me, and Coach knew I was always going to pitch the ball. But anyway, <laughs> I don't understand how the defensive philosophy or scheme – against Kelsey in the last game, mm-hmm. had hands off of them at the line of scrimmage every time they're in the red zone. I mean, right. there's, there's just no way to cover this guy the way they were doing it and be successful. I mean, what do you think was the reason they did what they did, whether it's communication errors, a philosophy, a design, and what, how are they going to change it now? Because quite honestly, Raiders should have won that game if they would have played the very first play like they did last game. Yep. Roll out to the right and throw it tomorrow instead of rushing Josh Jacobs, we'd have won that game. Yeah, there's a lot of things. And thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, you know, I think when it came to the communication, that was probably the biggest deal. I mean, it was week five, and these guys definitely did not know what Patrick Graham was trying to do. And I think Patrick Graham was still trying to make sure he executed his defense the way that he wanted to instead of the way that he had to. And what I mean by that is the fact that I don't think that the guys that were out there, especially the ones that were out there in week five, were guys that understood his, understood his, uh, his philosophy to a T, right? And it felt like when they got down by the red zone, like nobody had an idea what Kelsey was doing. It was crazy. In between the 20s, they were fantastic. They held the guy to 27 yards, but then as soon as, as, soon as they got to the red zone, it was almost like, it's almost like he was – like a magician, and disappeared, and then all of a sudden appeared in the end zone with the ball in his hand. It's just there's no reason for that. But you're right. There was no, there was no connection. There was no uh, physicality at the line of scrimmage. At the very end of the day, you've got to be physical with Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. At least bump him off his route. Make him work for it a little bit, and that's what they didn't do. And I, I don't really understand why. The only thing I could look back at and say, okay, it was week five. Now, obviously, it's a lot different now. It's week 18, and – the Raiders aren't – they don't have another game. They know that the season's going to get wrapped up. Uh, the Chiefs, they want to almost have to win this game. They want that number one seed so bad. So I'm interested to see what that chess match looks like now. I'm interested I, – I think a guy that could really help out in this game, and this is just me spitballing, I think Tyler Hall. I think Tyler Hall could be a, a, a big factor in this game. He, he just seems to be one of those guys. I talk about playmakers all the time. He seems to be a guy that's always around the ball. He's always around where, where, where the ball is at. He just seems to pop up. And I know he's not on the field all the time, but when he is, he just seems like he makes, he makes things happen. So I'm going to look for Tyler Hall to maybe have a big game uh, potentially to try to slow down Travis Kelsey in the red zone. Uh, again, that, that week five, like you said, Raider Dave, 
I think that the Raiders should have won that one as well. I really do. I mean, I think they should have. I think they should have tied it up. One and then two, taking their chances, and and they had the offensive firepower to win it, but woulda, coulda, shoulda, they didn't. But thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you joining us now on the phone lines from NFL Network is our good friend Nick Shook. And Nick, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you, and I got a lot that I want to talk to you about, but I, I just want to know, can you? Explain to us in the best way you know how what in the world is going on with these playoff scenarios and where the championship games could be played at, where they won't be played at. Do you understand the latest rulings and greatest things coming down from the NFL? You know, um, I had a feeling you were going to ask that, Q, which is why <laughs> I took the step ahead of time to pull up the latest explainer. I have it all out in front of me as if I were entering a courtroom well prepared for a trial because there's a lot of different things here. There's Three or more teams involved. There's also the scenario within scenario three in which the Bengals lose to the Ravens, get swept, and then have to come down to a coin toss. But, you know, you got the Buffalo, you got Cincinnati, you got Kansas City, you got Baltimore in this scenario as well. We don't have that many playoff teams, Q. We got seven right. in each conference. But, you know, <laughs> right. it's, what's crazy is that we nearly had eight in each conference, yeah. you know, according to some rumors along the way. So, I know that Cincinnati's not happy with it, um, but, you know, this is an unprecedented situation that we've dealt right. with. You know, obviously yep. the frightening scenes that happened in Cincinnati on Monday night and the league, you know, deciding to cancel the game, which I think is the right decision. Um, and so, you know, when unprecedented times come unprecedented measures, and, and this is certainly one of those. This is about as even as you could get without expanding the playoffs further, which I think would be a bad step because – you know how it is. You yep. know, you, that's a slippery slope. You, you expand in this, you're going to expand it permanently. I don't think we need to get to that point now. We're not no. going to the NBA here where half, half the league's teams get in. You know, there needs to be some value in the regular season. So, right, uh, exactly. Yeah, all I say is keep that thing handy if you're trying to understand how things are working out this weekend when you're figuring out the seating as it, as it settles in after this weekend. You know what's so funny is people ask me to explain it. I said, oh, talk to me on Monday. <laughs> talk yeah, talk yeah, to me on settled. Monday. <laughs> When the game's I can already look back played, and say this is why this happened because this team lost here and this team. Lost. I mean, this is not normal playoff scenarios where, no. well, you know, the Packers they got to beat the the Lions to get in, and the, and the Seahawks need the Lions to lose or the Lions to win, and this you know it's all this crazy stuff. It's way beyond that. Yeah, it's nuts. So I'll I'll start explaining on Monday once I really know what it all looks like. Again, Nick Shook is our guest from NFL Network here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So going back to Monday night, of course, like you said, unprecedented, man. It's it's wild, and it's good to know that, you know, it sounds like DeMar Hamlin is starting to come around. But, you know, like you said, Cincinnati is not going to be happy. There's always going to be someone that's unhappy. But to me, it felt like the decisions that were made by the NFL were pretty much the, the best that they could do. And the owners, most of them agreed on it as well. I mean, just was that the best that they could do, really, what they came up with? Well, I think um, we dealt with stuff like this in, in recent years, not specifically like this. I think mm-hmm. the timing of this was really the biggest factor in all of this because if this had happened, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a terrible, frightening scene, and it's a good thing that, that DeMar is starting to you know, make some, some progress in his recovery. Obviously, he has a long road ahead of him. Um, but if, if this had happened in Week 12, there's space. There's space to shuffle the schedule around. How do I know that? Because we just did that the last two seasons with all the COVID issues. Well, we're playing games on Wednesdays, and the Raiders and Browns had a primetime game that got moved by, like, three days, and, and you know, all this crazy stuff. That's been done. That is possible. But not when you're in Week 17. At the end of Week 17, you have one week before the playoffs start. And, oh, by the way, these are two of the top teams in the conference that are already guaranteed a playoff spot. So I think that they were their backs are kind of against the wall. 
And this was about as best as they could do given the short time frame, given the fact, you know, given the reason why the game was canceled to begin with. Um, I'm just kind of wanting to move forward because I feel like we, you know, I've never seen that happen, you know, in, in my, you know, nearly a decade covering this league and, and 30 years on this earth. Uh, and if you talk to people who are much older than me, they'll probably agree in that, hey, look, we've been watching football for a long time, never seen this happen. And, and I felt like it was the appropriate response and again, you're in an unprecedented situation. And, and so I think they, this is about as good as they could do, just given that window of time. I actually give them a lot of credit for figuring this out because, you know, I get texts yesterday from folks in, in the business, you know, why are they, quote, unquote, dragging their feet? They're not dragging their feet. They're trying to figure out the best possible way to address all of the team's effect because it's not just Cincinnati and Buffalo. It's Kansas City. It's Baltimore. It's everybody else in the AFC playoffs. All of that's going to be affected at least to some degree. The craziest thing to me, though, that came out of this is the idea of a conference championship game at a neutral site. That's going to be strange. Wouldn't be the first time we've seen a neutral site game this year. You right. think about Buffalo and Cleveland moving to Detroit because of that heavy snowfall. Uh, but it would be strange. And I'll tell you what, one more thing while I'm on that topic of Buffalo. At this point, if the Bills can come back and play competitive football from here on out, I have my easy choice for coach of the year, and it's Sean McDermott. I've never seen a head coach have to deal with more in one season than he's had to deal with, with the, with the weather issues and yeah. getting to the facility and everything else. You know, Kevin Stefanski won coach of the year a couple of years ago for getting the Browns to the playoffs while also doing a lot of that run remotely. This is an even greater achievement. I agree. I agree 100%. That's a great nugget you just dropped right there. Nick Shook, NFL Network, is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920. And Look, if they do play a, a championship game in a neutral site, I know a really nice stadium in a city where everyone enjoys to come to, and the weather is like, you know, it's pretty nice. It's, it's a little cold, but it's pretty nice. Uh, I, think that, I think I can find some accommodation. There's plenty of hotel rooms, plenty of entertainment here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. That would be a good spot for a, a, you know, a little neutral site game. All right, so I'm going to take a dig here real quick because we saw what that population was like in that stadium last weekend. That's a stadium that's very familiar to having visiting fans in town, so it'll be, wow. it won't be much different, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired, but well-deserved. Well-deserved. You're right. That, it, hey, man, it was very red. That was the first time I ever seen the stadium that was that very. much, uh, you know, for the other team. That was that was over the top for, uh, for the 49ers last week. So let me go to that game. Uh, what did you see from Jared Stidham, man? I mean, he got his first career start. Obviously, he's been with Josh McDaniels for a long time, but – what did, you th- what did you see from him? Were you impressed? What did you think? I mean, prior to, to last weekend, we'd really only seen very, very little of him at the NFL level, and for most of that, he didn't look like he was really fit for it. So to see McDaniels make the shift to him, it was like, well, are you giving up on your season? And he, yeah, they lost. So, you know, it, it didn't end up, you know, producing the outcome that they wanted and preserving their playoff hopes. But at the same time, I totally saw why he felt like he wanted to go to Stidham. I was stunned by how confident and decisive he was. And yeah, did he make a mistake or two? Sure. But uh, he looked very much prepared for that moment. And, and I thought that for the first time all year, Josh McDaniels actually helped his quarterback out with his game script. Getting him into a flow early, the bootleg on the first play of their, you know, of the game for their offense and, and passing off into the flat for a pickup of a first down. And for the, one of the few times all season, Devontae Adams played an important part in the offense for four quarters instead of two. It right. was, uh, it was encouraging. I was very surprised and I was impressed and, and I'm really curious, I'm intrigued by their final game this season because if he strings a couple of those together, then he's essentially entered himself into you know a, a, a realistic conversation when it comes to what they're going to do at quarterback beath this season. Because what I saw last weekend against, oh, by the way, the number one defense in the NFL uh, right. was 
way, way better and, and, and was very much indicative of a quarterback who may be able to hack it in this league. Well, you know, and that's where I wanted to go because I, I've been telling everyone that one game is a small sample size and two games isn't much more. And that's all we're going to get is two-game sample size, then it's the offseason. So do you think that, you know, another good performance by, by Stidham and, and there should be consideration about him being the guy moving forward? I think that there are a lot of moving parts. And if he does put together a good game, then he, he deserves a chance to be in the conversation and to build on that. It's a great way to go into the offseason. Um, but, you know, let's say you move on from Derek Carr via trade and you get some sort of capital back uh, or you end up cutting him. You know, that uh, produces two different outcomes because you're looking at what types of assets you have to work with. Uh, how do they view the class coming up? Do they, are they even interested in investing in a rookie quarterback when they got a young guy on the roster right now who they might feel more comfortable with to begin with? Are they going to get into the market and make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody else, which I know that probably sounds like a sin to Raider fans who are still, you know, holding that rivalry, that old Bay Area rivalry with the Niners close to their hearts. Um, but there are going to be options out there. It's going to be another wild quarterback offseason, probably even more wild than this past offseason. Uh, but I think if Stidham does close the regular season with another strong performance, because let's face it, that offense had more life, I think, last weekend than it had for most of the season. And I agree. And I was stunned, yep. absolutely stunned. He was hitting a number of different targets. They had a good blend of run and pass. They fought back from an early deficit. They took a lead. They gave up the lead. They fought back again. I mean, it was a great game to watch, and a lot of it had to do with Stidham. Uh, then I think he deserves a shot in the offseason. Okay, so let me put this scenario in front of you because you mentioned Jimmy G, and that's definitely one of the names that have been floated around. But you also know Tom Brady's name has been floated around as well, and I know he's older, but he's still Tom Brady. What have you seen from him this year? Would you be interested at all if you were the Raiders? This is why we work so well together. I intentionally didn't include his name because I knew that had to be on the top of the list, right? Yes. Let's go back to um, that bleeping guy. You didn't get me because of that bleeping guy, Tom Brady supposedly mm -hmm. said, and that bleeping guy turned out to be Derek Carr. Uh, I, I feel like this makes a lot of sense. I also feel like the window is closing if it isn't already shut in Tampa Bay. I know they're right. they're making, you know, they made the playoffs and everything, but I don't have a lot of confidence in that team. I, it's looked very ugly for most of the season. Um, I just don't think there's a lot of stability and reason to stick around because a lot of the talent that's on that roster has just been able to scrape by with enough wins to get in the playoffs in you know, the worst division of football. And so why would Tom stick around for that again? You know, what, what's the point of sticking around for that again if you're still trying to compete for championships? Now, they're in the playoffs, so that's step one. But right. he's got a lot of familiarity with his old offensive coordinator and Josh McDaniels out in Vegas. It's, a, you know, it's an organization now run by former Patriots personnel. I don't see why this doesn't work out. Oh, by the way, you'd have a, a number one receiver in Devontae Adams, who would be your best receiver since Randy Moss way back in 2007 when you nearly went perfect until you ran to the Giants in the Super Bowl. So right. I think it's a perfect situation for them to make that happen. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, how we go about that process in the offseason. But it, on paper, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and, and, the, and to take it a step further, Nick, I keep telling everyone that'll listen that, if they were to make a move for Brady, that means that they have to address the offensive line and they have to address the defense because he's not going to win it by himself. He has to have those those areas solidified, and those haven't been solidified for the Raiders in quite a while. No, they haven't, and you know you can kind of blame your defense for what happened last weekend. I, I don't put yep. that on Stidham, by the way. You, no. you know, the left tackle gets bull rushed right into him and, and affects the throw, and that leads to the turnover. Um, so, yeah, you have to have a complementary team in order to win. But Tom Brady has a LeBron effect. There are very, very few players in football that have the LeBron effect because it's just a different sport. It's not five-on-five. Five. There's more moving parts. There's more, you know, 11 on each side of the ball. It's tougher to put together a roster, all that stuff. But when Brady went to Tampa, 
that was the first time I've seen that legitimate LeBron effect where people were like, I'm signing on, I'm going there, I'm sticking around, I'm ready to go chase the title. And I could see the same thing happening in Vegas because it's you could think of it as like New England West, but I don't think that they're running the same way that Bill Belichick ran it. Um, and plus, Brady's come out of the box, right? Like, he kept his personality, you know, in, in this shape, in this box for so many years with Belichick, and they started to show it in the last few years. You can't go back from that. You can't just suddenly become business as usual Tom Brady. We know who you are now, and we know that you're going to be in Vegas and you're going to be there to win, you know, if that's the case. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, they have to act with urgency. I, I think that they're going to be able to do it to agree. They acted with urgency last offseason, if you think about it. Going and getting Devontae Adams was no small move. It's just, you know, I, I always value the, the trenches more than anything, and, and I think offensive line is number one on, on that priority list. So if they get him, then, yeah, they absolutely have to do that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Nick Shook, the NFL Network, he's our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness, DeMond's got one for you. He wants, to, he wants to go and talk about some Tennessee Titans. Go ahead, DeMond. Last season we saw, hey, the end of the last game of the regular season, Raiders, Chargers win and get in. The NFL robbed the fans of seeing that again in primetime Sunday night with the Titans and Jaguars. My first question, why is that? And second, who do you think has the edge in this Titans versus Jaguars game? Can you tell a Titan fan when he's talking? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Hey, I'm a company man, so you're putting me in a tough spot. I'm just kidding. Uh, because the better game is – I'm sorry. Look, uh, you're a Titans fan, and I don't have a ton of great things to say about your team right now. And you probably don't either, based on how they played for the last month and a half. But the Lions-Packers game is a highly attractive game. You get the Lions coming out of nowhere on the precipice of potentially getting into the playoffs. It's a win-and-get-in game. The Packers, they're on a run. It's great theater, and oh, it's at Lambeau Field in January at night. Great scene to set up. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the Titans who've been relegated to Thursday night games against the Jaguars for years. This game actually matters, and for the first time in what seems like forever, it's not happening against the Colts to the side of the division. It's happening against the Jaguars. And there's some attractiveness, but it's on the Jaguars side of the ball because you're looking at the quarterback situation right now for the Titans. Josh Dobbs is your guy. Malik Willis does not bring him to the table when it comes to throwing the ball, at least in a traditional sense. Because he's a rookie. He needs time to develop. We've seen it with the way they you know, ran their offense with him in there. They haven't really trusted him to throw the ball that very often. So if I'm looking at those games, I could probably pick another game or two that would be just as intriguing. So I'm sorry. I know that you would like the, the <laughs> spotlight on the Titans. But frankly, the way they've looked in the last month and a half, I don't know if I'd want that spotlight on them. They just haven't been a very good football team uh, in the second half of the season. Some would say they have them right where they want them. <laughs> Only you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Division rivalry, who knows? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Go ahead, Damon. You got anything else? No, that's all I had for uh, okay, Titans, Jacks. Good, good. How about the Steelers? How about the Steelers and the Browns? Uh, that's an interesting one. Mike Tomlin's still trying not to be a, a, a under 500 coach. How do you, th- do you think he gets it off? Do you think he pulls it off this weekend? I think he's got a decent shot. Uh, there, you know, it's fun to watch Kenny Pickett play football, and it's also kind of frustrating because the, he tends to like turn it on in the final moments. They've done it two weeks in a row. You saw it firsthand a couple weeks ago against the yep. Raiders. Yep. Um, it's like, man, why can't I get this for four quarters out of Kenny Pickett? And they are facing a Browns team that has been inconsistent on defense. It's been better in the second half of the season, but there's a little bit of magic there, and, and there is some reason to play. You know, still be playing hard, and it is keep you know Mike Tomlin from having a losing season. And at eight and eight, you're 
Coming down to the final week, uh, the Browns are also, you know, I was stunned by how they played last week because I thought that this was going to be a team that, I, actually, this is about the third point in the season where I'm like, they're going to quit on Stefanski and pack it in. And they officially had no reason to play last week, and yet they go out there and get a 24-10 win. Deshaun Watson turns around the second half, puts together three great touchdown drives. They're starting to look like the offense that everybody hoped they would be when, when he first returned to the team. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting uh, battle of wits because the Browns are down some guys. They're going to be having um, – you know, their backup right tackle playing in place of Jack Hoglin, and he's going to go against none other than T.J. Watt. Uh, and their offense is starting to get it together. And this is a defense that in Pittsburgh that's well-paid, has quite a reputation, hasn't quite lived up to it, but does get after quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm going to be very interested to see Deshaun Watson in his first matchup against the Steelers, how he uses his mobility to his advantage and extend the play. He got it together in that second half because he was able to operate under pressure pick up some extra yards with his legs. They ran the read option, sprinkled it in a little bit, and that got that going as well. I'm really curious because I think it's going to be a surprisingly good test of Kevin Stefanski's ability to, as a play caller beyond the initial script in a game that otherwise does not matter that much. Are these yeah. guys going to be motivated? You're playing the Steelers. It always matters to the Browns. Um, that's the toss-up to me. I think if I, I think in my picks I might have chosen the Browns, but it's not a high-confidence pick. There you go. There you go. Well, we'll close out with this, Nick. I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question. What do you think the market looks like for Derek Carr? If the Raiders do, in fact, try to trade him uh, and not cut him, and they try to trade him, how many teams do you think are interested in the signal caller? Well, the first one that comes to mind is Indianapolis, because why not do it again? They've done it with three different guys now, and it's worked with one of them. Right. And they still believe that they're a team that's good enough to win. Uh, Their offensive line has been an issue this year, which is what was basically their strength for the last two years. Um, I could see him, you know, getting uh, pursued by Washington. Uh, I think that there's going to be a market for a lot of these quarterbacks in New York with the Jets. Surprising, you know, shocking to a degree because of the fact that Zach Wilson essentially is going to burn out after two years there. Um, so, I, I mean, that's three teams. Tennessee could be in the mix, depending on what they think their future is with Tannehill and how good they feel about Willis. I think that's kind of a le- less likely uh, option. There's a number of places. Houston can also be in the mix if, you know, they don't want to move on with Davis Mills. They already benched him once this, once this year, so I figure they might want to move on to somebody else, uh, but they're not quite the fit for him, too. So you got to look at a contender or a team that believes it can contend and has a need at the position. I think that the Jets are one. The Colts could be one. It depends on who their coach is. I think it's going to be a big part of it. That's and true. Carolina potentially being one. How good do they feel about Sam Darnold uh, and the way he's played in this last month or so? Is that a spot where Derek could go? Because that's a team with weapons. Their offensive line has very much come around in recent weeks, and, uh, and their defense was already pretty good when fully healthy. So... Combine all of that, that might be an attractive place for him. He's going to have a lot of suitors. I just, it was interesting to see how it's basically ending with the Raiders after all these years. But I think he's going to be um, you know, a, a, a hot name in the offseason that we're definitely going to be tracking and seeing where he lands. That's a sneaky uh, hot spot, I think, Carolina. I like that. I like that you dropped that one. That one's one to pay attention to. I wasn't even thinking about that team. Well, Nick, fantastic stuff as always, man. Definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, just we just got some game coverage this weekend. Honestly, uh, we're doing some all-pro teams next week. Uh, nice. You know, my my all-pro team on offense and defense for the NFL. It's a mix of the eye test, you know, watching all the games, and also some next-gen stats, which I'm not quite as buried in with as I was in recent years, but still am on top of. Uh, so we're doing that. You can find everything else at NFL.com/slash/shook. Get the Around the NFL podcast on Sundays. Uh, you know, we'll probably be taping a new episode of my own podcast next week, although that's TVD, so I'm not going to really push that. 
I'm all over the place. I'm doing stuff on Twitch now. It's everywhere. Nice, nice. Find me. (laughs) I heard that. I heard that. Well, we got to get you to Legion Stadium, man. They got the Twitch Lounge, so you can do everything, all your Twitch work in the Twitch Lounge at Allegiant. I'm just saying. Oh, well, that's great, because that's better than my office where I'm sitting right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. Well, Nick, thanks so much, man. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk soon. All right, Q. I'll catch you later. All right, brother, there he goes. Nick Shook, NFL Network on Twitter, at the Nick Shook. Fantastic job, NFL.com. You can find his work. Of course, he's on the NFL Network all over the place, so uh, doing a lot of work there, and definitely appreciate his insights. 348 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings inside the Galleria Mall. Still got some T-shirts, got these little uh, coolers that I'll be giving away in just a few minutes. Got all kind of hookup for you. We're trying to get it to you because, well, I don't want to take it home, so it's got to be yours. All right, 348 is the time. Buffalo Wild Wings with Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. My man Nat and Henderson is here, Buffalo Wild Wings. My man Fabian unrolled in here. We got Raider Nation in the building here. Fabian's looking, he's looking like he's made to put his, uh, his, his, his uh, shoulder pads on, man. I can't even tell that lie right. Like, I tried to tell the lie and I couldn't even get it out right. You know, <laughs> you know it's bad when I'm about to say something's really good and then I can't get it out right then you know you uh he lying I was I, Fabian I tried man I was trying to I was trying to hook you up with the with the plug man I was gonna say that Fabian had his helmet already he's got his shoulder pads on he's you know he's got them old cleats he got those old those old speedster cleats man you know those I used to call them the Manamdis. I had some cleats that were I forget what they uh, what they were called but they they were they were some bad ones like I was running one day in them and the whole bottom of them just kind of peeled off that's how bad they were. But those were those were my old I used to call them my old Namdis. Because <laughs> they were they were silver and black. So I was about to say that, that that's how Fabian walked into Buffalo Wild Wings, but I couldn't spit it out right. So there's that. But we are here at the Galleria Mall hanging out with you. Coming up at four o'clock, we'll have some sound from Jared Stidham and also Devontae Adams. But Damon, who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, you had a little catering brought to you today, and I know it was some good catering. Joe Seafood Prime Steak and Stone Crab Q. I talked to Patty. He's the AE on the account, and I was like, hey, Oh, Patty. you're dropping names now. You're yeah. so comfortable with Joe's. You didn't drop a name. So I was talking to Patty earlier this week. I said, hey, Patty, it's the last home game of the season. Yeah. You should tell him to hook it up with some steak. And I don't know if Patty told them or they just knew to hook it up, but today we got some of the steak. Nice. And it was delicious. When you text me today, you said, hey, Joe's is here. You always do. Yep. You know, so it's like, oh, I need to get a move on. I was like, yeah, you know, it'll be okay. They're not going to do me like that. Today oh, they no. almost did me like that. They almost the did you like that, was brother. Gone. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you right now. I was still at the radio station when it was delivered, and honestly, it was so funny. It was all in the kitchen, which is the worst place to put food at the radio station because it'll be gone immediately. But it's in there, and everybody and their mother, people I ain't ever seen before, all of a sudden were in the kitchen eating that food. And I, I texted them on. I was like, "Hey, man, you better come on and get it now because it's gonna be gone." I didn't think to go ahead and get like a Tupperware or something and, and actually put something to the side for him. So I just texted him and was like, well, you're on your own. And so I, <laughs> I went to back to my office, and Patty, who you just mentioned, he actually put together a little care pack for you, and uh, it had some steak in it. It had some, what else, some fish? A there fish some, sandwich. I yeah, love a good fish, fish sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, um, yeah. A little, like, spinach dip as well, you know, like some cream spinach. Yeah. That is a side dish, obviously some french fries. Yeah. I mean, couldn't go wrong. Today, you know, last game of the season. They, they, you know, they put on the show for us. You're like Ice Cube, man. Today was a good day. It was a great day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at that. But, yeah, man, it was so funny. Some cats came out of the world. You out here? Yeah. All right, brother. Fabian's going to go get uh, – he's putting his jersey on right now. He had his warm-up jersey on. Now he's going to go put the real deal on. I'll see you on the field, Fabian. Let's go. <laughs> Just win, baby. Fabian's rolling out of here. He came by to say hi. So, 
Uh, yeah, he, man. So with, we're in the in the kitchen, and and folks are you know making their plates and everything, and eating and, and having a good time. I go back to the office. I'm working on some stuff. I'm about to leave out. Uh, Jesus comes into the office. It was like Q, and this is how he said it too. Q. Uh, where'd that food come from? In the kitchen. And I said, Oh, you mean Joe's? And he said, Yeah, I heard that was for you and Damon. Sorry. <laughs> he said it just like that. Sorry. <laughs> Better to ask for forgiveness. But the way he said it is like, how can you even get mad at him? <laughs> right? I mean he said it so cool. Sorry. I was like, Oh man, you delivered bad news in a good way. I'm okay with you. So yeah, they, they, they brought the food, they brought the goods, and but DeMond got hooked up. We had to make sure that DeMond got hooked up because it is a, it is a tradition. Every home game, that is, it is delivered. Joe's is delivered, and they sponsor the pre-pre-show, which I'll be doing. DeMond, you'll be there as well at 1030 at the Torch at Allegiant Stadium. So, everyone, as soon as you get into the stadium, make sure you come up to the Torch. Say hello. We'll be on site. Um, Vinny Bonsignor should be there as well. Should be a good time. Good time to have a good time. 3.56 is the time. When we come back, we'll hear from Devontae Adams. We'll hear from Jarrett Stidham. We'll kick off hour number three of the show. It's Red Nation Radio 920.